New Hampshire is surrounded by legal cannabis states like Vermont, Maine, and Massachusetts. But now that state's legislature is starting to move towards cannabis legalization in some form. Independent TV producer Tim Egan is also a state rep in that Granite State, and he interrupted his busy day to sit down to talk about the green wave on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, a very special podcast that, of course, continues to be distributed on iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, your favorite podcast distribution network. I am so happy to welcome in my guest this afternoon. His name is Tim Egan. Tim and I go back 30 years, Tim. (laughs) <laughs> 30 years of broadcasting fun. That's right. He's been a uh, television producer. You've probably seen a few of his shows on Nesson. Maybe he'll give us a, a little recap. It was Behind the Bee. Behind the Bee. Behind the Bee. Is Bruins the one Academy. On yeah, all that stuff. All started with the tribute to Cam Neely, the definitive Bruin, a documentary 30 years ago. And look where Cam Neely is now. It's a pretty... Seems like he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, he did okay for himself, too. You know, and uh, I can't wait to rekindle a friendship with Cam because he loved coming on the kids' show. And uh, anyway, let's continue to talk a little bit about what Tim is doing now, even though he's wearing this really cool Emmy pin. Uh, He is on the board of NATIS, the New England National Academy of Television and Arts and Sciences. I have one of those little trophies in the other room, and I'm very proud of it. In fact, you could say it's the highlight of my career. Um, but, a highlight of mine, but twice. Get, but getting thrown in, Bobby, getting thrown in by uh, the Charles River by Bobby Orr still is the best story. We're not going to get into that. Tim, what you're doing now, tell us what you're doing now, because it's, I never thought in a million years that Tim Egan would be a politician. Well, you know what's funny, Jimmy? After many years of working with political campaigns, uh, educational initiatives by government, um, communications campaigns for state agencies. I learned a lot about how sort of government and politics works. And then when I moved to northern New Hampshire for sort of a bit of a way of life change and a career opportunity for my wife, I got recruited by a couple neighbors to be involved uh, in the town as the moderator for the school budget committee meeting. And after about a year or two of somebody seeing that I could actually control a big crowd of people from a podium, the lady came up to me and said, Um, there's an open seat for the House of Representatives and we'd love for you to run. And I am currently the Grafton District 2 member of the House of New Hampshire House of Representatives, which uh, oversees 
Franconia, Sugar Hill, Lisbon, Lyman, and Monroe. And everybody knows Franconia because that's where Franconia Notch State Park is, right. and the White Mountains, and Cannon Mountain. And there's and also a golf course up there that's pretty good, too. I'm there's a sunset, the Sunset Hill Golf Course. Yeah, there's quite a few. So, um, but I got involved because teaching at a university in Vermont, I understood the issues that students were having with the cost of education, mm -hmm. living in northern New Hampshire. Um, it's not an economic development center. It's not a major, there's not major cities. So economic development and small shop ownership uh, struggles and you have empty storefronts. And then because I moved up there, part for the quality of life of living in a place where people go to be on vacation, I'm very interested in the environment. So Mr. Egan got interested in economic development, the environment and education. And I started to run on those platforms. And when my wife asked me about running, I said, um, I have to be, I'm going to be honest about everything. And so one of the things that I first said was also, um, I'm pro-cannabis. Uh, I think it's important to be honest with your constituents about everything. So, and that was one of the things that sort of I've always kept in the back of my head. New Hampshire does not have any legalization. Is that something I'll get involved in eventually? So in 2008, I was elected and I'm just finished my first year um, of being a, a representative and it's been fascinating. It's like graduate 2018, school. 2018, you got elected. 2018. Okay, fair enough. I think you may have said 2008. And yeah, since, I'm not that old. I was gonna say, since I remember 2008, and I said, I think it's recent development in Tim's life. Okay. So I wanna just make sure that the record is clear on that, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, and you're right in the middle of it, New Hampshire. And, and, and talk to us a little bit. We know that Governor Sununu is a conservative, right-wing, let's slow down the world kind of guy and hasn't been pro-cannabis. And yet what we see in New Hampshire is similar to what we're seeing now in other states where the legislature actually tries to advance the legalization of cannabis in the House first and then that goes to the Senate. The other way is at the ballot box. That's kind of what's been going on. I think it's in New Jersey now. Uh, it's on the question on 2020. But again, you know, 67% of Americans are now saying they want legalization of cannabis. It's just a matter of time at this point. It is a matter of time. Most states start out with a referendum, mm -hmm. but New Hampshire is not a big referendum state. It's very hard to get something on a referendum bill. So the idea would be that it would have to be legislated like it did, in, like it did happen in Vermont. Right. Um, interesting, when you look at some recent statistics, um, they rank, I think, in order of worst to best of percentage of folks in New Hampshire that would endorse something. It was, you know, Donald Trump, Maggie Hassan, Gene Shaheen, our state senators, Governor Sununu, the House of Representatives, and then 68% of people in the state of New Hampshire endorse legalization of cannabis, more than their own elected officials. So Somehow I'm not surprised by that, actually, but go ahead. But when you look at a live, free, or die state, the right. motto of New Hampshire, and you think about what people live there for or vacation there for, it's skiing, mountain biking, snowboarding, you know, um, hiking, all the things that you would enjoy as an outdoor environmentalist, you know, act, active, active person. Mm -hmm. And most of those or half of those people, statistics show, are pro-cannabis or enjoy cannabis, whether they're pro or not. Um, so the idea that you would have that kind of state and then say, we don't want to offer that. So if you think of 
Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, Canada, all legal. If you're trying to draw tourism into the state, why are you telling people that are gonna come there for a main reason to enjoy the outdoors and enjoy cannabis as part of it, don't come to our state. We don't want to make it easy for you. We want to make it difficult for you. They're going to choose other places. Right. So economic development-wise, mm -hmm. it's a pretty straightforward thing. The whole taxation regulation, you know, aside, right. because people are going to come on vacation. It's like basically saying, hey, we got a bunch of mountains and we have ski mountains, but we're not going to make any snow. And I'm going out on a limb thinking, over the years in New Hampshire, with all those skiers and snowboarders and the culture that is that outdoor culture, I'm guessing a few people in New Hampshire broke the law or created civil disobedience and have been enjoying cannabis for years. I don't know anything about that. I'm just assuming that. Um, and uh, some are on record. You know, Olympic gold medalist Bodie Miller is on record by saying he's pro-cannabis, he enjoys cannabis, he uses it, and he doesn't use it when he's competing um, for the Olympics because it'll, it'll, it'll violate his, his um, you know, drug uh, right. participation. But in, he goes, in the off-season, I use it. Wait a World Anti-Doping Association has already cleared the way for CBD, which we know is a derivative of the cannabis plant, one of those many chemicals, uh, which I think, uh, again, people still don't understand what CBD is, how it works, and Senator McConnell in D.C., when he signed that farm bill, had no idea what kind of a Pandora's box he was opening up by doing it. I know he didn't, because the regulations that are now the wild, wild west, and haven't really been written by the FDA yet, uh, people are still trying to figure it out. Well, uh, he didn't know that when he signed that. There's no way he knew that was going to happen. And I think a lot of legislators, I'll say, my age and younger. So I'm the, you know, I'm the tail end of Generation X. I'm, I'm not a boomer. I'm 55 years old. I was born in 1964. So I think the Generation X society of folks and younger who are involved in the legislative process do the research, understand the culture, live through the 70s, live through the, you know, a, uh, just say no, Reagan 80s, and understood that cannabis is not a gateway drug. I mean, most uh, medical researchers look at it now as potential uh, exit drug. Well, also, an, or, or an uh, alternative to opioids. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can get you off opioids. I right. can't tell you how many stories I've heard so, about that. So, you know, those folks are in the legislature in New Hampshire and why New Hampshire is beginning to engage it. They were in the legislature in Massachusetts, in Vermont, in Maine, where federal, most of those legislators are over 65. They're still the just say no to any drug culture. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, one of the things I'm pleased about is that I have you know, members of, I'm now part of the New Hampshire House Cannabis Caucus. Yeah. And there are members who aren't even users, former military folks who say, I've seen cannabis help soldiers with PSTD and I'm voting in favor of this. I'm favor of legalization and I don't touch the stuff. Right. And then I have folks who are former hippies who probably enjoy it twice a day who think, why aren't we making 9% tax on this? Why right. are we putting spending money to put people in jail for a bag of pot? Right. Why are we glutting up our our political our sorry, our criminal justice system when we should be focusing on you know real crimes like you know cybercrime and and identity theft and you know child porn and All trafficking stuff. and there's, things there's that actually of things out there. Right. So the idea that I'm I'm getting to is that it's refreshing to sort of see a sea change happen in a legislature, especially when you look at the New Hampshire legislature, a citizen legislature of 400, 400 people in the House of Representatives. Wow, that's so, awesome. 
Let me ask you a question. Um, also in D.C. and other states, uh, they're tying expungement of past cannabis possession convictions as part of the legislature that is getting passed. Is expungement anywhere in this in these documents? Have you guys talked about that at all? So not in the two current big bills. So I'll say the two current big bills, House Bill 481 is the legalization of recreational cannabis, which includes a taxation program and a way that it will be rolled out similar to the liquor stores that New Hampshire has. Uh, House Bill 1648 is straightforward legalization and cultivation. So basically, enjoy your cannabis, grow your own, but no industry around it like Massachusetts has or Maine has that's coming online or, or mm -hmm. Colorado. Mm -hmm. But there are a variety of bills that have already passed that are tied to it being utilized as um, therapy, uh, medicinal, we've decriminalized. Um, so I think we've seen the baby steps happen, right. and now the legislature is ready for the big steps. Because the baby steps were maybe placating society by looking at the state of New Hampshire and saying, all right, we know what Colorado's doing, and we know what Mass and Maine are doing, and you know what Oregon and, and Washington have done, but we'll give you a little bit. And now all that's done. They've given all the little bits they can, and now it's time to really take the big step or not. And right. your point that you made in opening the, the topic about this is Governor Sununu thinks marijuana is tied to opioids and that's part of the crisis. And it shows how short-sighted he is as a government official looking at medical research, but also as if he's supposed to be the businessman's governor, that he doesn't see the economic development. Massachusetts just celebrated one year of legal cannabis. $393 million sold in one year. One year. And then Colorado had a half a billion dollars in two years. Right. That's no short change yeah. when you look at a 9 or 11% tax that goes to funding education, health care, roads. roads, mental health. And I, I got a question. I asked a, um, a person running for Senate, U.S. Senate, uh, Corky Mester, who's a Republican candidate in the primary running to face off against Gene Shaheen. And I said, where's your position on legal cannabis? And we talked around those type of topics. And he said, oh, you know, I would wind everybody to go slow because if you say yes to something, it's going to come across with a lot of other baggage, like you're going to need to put money aside for, you know, addiction and things like that. And I said, yeah, but we do that with casino gaming and there's no upside to casino gaming. Nobody gets better when they game. People get better when they take cannabis for medicinal reasons. Right. You know, the, the arguments now are so easy to explain to people. And I love the one, you know, well, you know, you can get dependent on that. And I go, so how many cups of coffee do you take a day? Because <laughs> caffeine is by far the most addictive drug in our world. We don't even talk about it anymore. Right. But by the way, if you take a cup of coffee every day, stop for four days. See what kind of a physical effect it's going to have on you. Your head's going to hurt. We, we as a society look at, you know, these sort of, I'll call them the sin industries and, hmm. and um, belittle them. You know, casino gaming, lottery, um, you know, pharmacology tied to opioids or, or you know, um, drugs that help men with, you know, enhancement. Yeah. Uh, you know, cigarettes. All of those things are things that at some point in society we've said, they're legal, right? We're going to understand what they do, good and bad, and we're going to make sure that we try to limit the bad and moderate the good so that people don't get carried away. Um, and the hardest part that I've seen facing cannabis now is because 
it's not recognized federally right. that there's no NHTSA or Mothers Against Driving research to say, here's the impact of OUI. Mm -hmm. So every conversation usually stops at a state when they're getting to legalization of, well, then how do we protect people from driving while under the influence? Because there's no federal research. I think it's time now for the federal government to finally, and they're hopefully getting there, they've actually, Congress has talked about taking it off Schedule 1 or at least reviewing it. But until you have that breakthrough federally to at least look at it from a research point of view, you're not going to get states to really embrace the possibility of how can it help their um, constituents uh, either as mental health, physical wellness, or recreational uh, revenue generation. Right. Uh he sounds very intelligent. He sounds like a politician because now he is. He's Tim Egan. I so appreciate you stopping by the impromptu studio and office here at uh, Pro Cannabis Media. And I do urge you to go onto my site, ProCannabisMedia.com, and read the blog I wrote in the very beginning, how in 1937 the wrong drug got outlawed. I, I can't they, agree with you more, you know. Take that. Imagine this. They took a medicine away from humanity for 80 years. Do you think it would have something to do with the fact that we've had so much cancer and our autoimmune systems are all messed up? And we'll be talking about that continuously when I talk to my doctor friends who actually, one of them called me brilliant with this theory. And I like that. Well, you're always welcome in the state of New Hampshire. And when we have hearings, um, January, if I can put in a little bit of a, a shameless plug, mm -hmm. January 14th at 10 a.m., mm -hmm. um, the, the Committee for Criminal Justice uh, will uh, convene hearings on House Bill 1648, uh, which is the legalization and cultivation of cannabis in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, but I think your expertise would be great to testify or any of your viewers that live in New Hampshire that would love to participate. Um, I'm easy to find if you go to the general court website. My contact information is there. You and your supporters and your followers and your viewers are always welcome. Terrific. Thank you're a good so man, much. Jimmy Young, because you... Always give it your all with a smile on your face. That's, hey, I like that. And remember, everybody, for Tim Egan, I'm Jimmy Young, Dan French, behind the camera. It's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. We are Pro Cannabis Media.